Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today, Pastor Scott Flotten is bringing a teaching to you, so open up your Bible and listen in. Hi, everyone. Good morning. How are you all today? What a great day to be in church, and uh, we just have had a great morning of worship so far, and just a great testimony of what God's doing here. Uh, I think Corey mentioned that Pastor Terry this morning is uh, on his way to Spain with a group of students to uh, tell the nation of Spain about Jesus, and uh, uh, it was so great to see my dear friends Drew and Tanya, who are friends from way back, uh, and just a blessing to hear what God's doing in their lives. I hope that you didn't give too much for missions for Kyle and Tara because we love them too. And, and just selfishly, I want them to stay here. So hopefully you held back a little bit. Uh, we love those guys. And seriously, we're excited about what God's doing in Iowa and what God's doing through them. Uh, just a great honor to be with you today. Every time I get the opportunity to speak, I just am so blessed and so honored to be with you and to prepare what I feel like God would say to us as a church um, and we have a great opportunity this morning to hear from the word of the Lord. Did you all uh, know that Josh got married last night? Yeah, successfully it happened. Uh, it actually happened, so we're, we're very uh, pleased and excited for Josh and Janae, and we love those guys. Uh, my daughter, she's four, and, and uh, she said we were driving home from the dance last night, and it was so late, way past her bedtime, and she said, Dad, this is the best night of my entire life. <laughs> it just had the best time just dancing and having fun. And uh, I saw some of you out there, too. We had just a, a fantastic time, and we're so happy for those guys. You might actually recognize um, some of these people. Um, in case you didn't know, those are your very capable pastors <laughs> and their wives at the photo booth at Josh's wedding last night. Uh, so just a fantastic time. I, I just, yeah, there it is. speaks for itself, I think. so. Um, okay, if you have your Bibles today, would you turn to Exodus chapter 33? We're going to read a little bit from the Word of God. And uh, the background to this passage is um, that the nation of Israel has come out of slavery in Egypt and they've been wandering for a little while. Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God, and the people kind of lose their minds. <laughs> Moses is gone for a while, and they, they sculpt this golden calf, and they bow down to worship it. You're probably familiar with the story. Moses comes back down and kind of freaks out on the people, and, and uh, actually grinds up, the, grinds up the calf and makes the people drink it in the water. If you haven't ever read the story, it's kind of crazy, but uh, you should read it. But God then says to the nation of Israel, you are a stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people, and I am going to send my angel ahead of you. Before that time, God's presence itself was going ahead of the people. He said, that's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to send my angel ahead of you because you're stiff-necked and stubborn, and I might destroy you along the way. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> well, Moses, of course, says, okay, this is not right, and God, we need to talk about this, and that's the passage we're going to read. So uh, Exodus 33, if you don't have your Bibles, it should be on the screen up there. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, 
and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And Moses, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it's your word that goes forth and changes hearts and minds and changes our lives. God, this book contains your word for us. And so, Lord, today as, as I speak, Lord, I pray that you would help me to be faithful and true to what your word says. Give me your words to speak today. Anoint me, Holy Spirit, I pray. And God, just help us to apply these words to our lives. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. In 1985, there was a psychologist at the University of Michigan. His name was Dr. Zions. Okay, Zions, that's important. Uh, he did a study. He took a number of married couples that had been married for a long time and collected pictures of them back when they were first married, okay? So he's got a, a group of pictures from all these people that have married, been married a long time from when they were first married, and then pictures of them when, after they'd been married for a long time, 25, 30 years and he divided the pictures and asked people to come in and he sat them down and said, okay, here's a picture of a number of young people. Try to determine based on how they look who is married to who, which, of course, how could you do that? Nobody could do that. The results were as expected. Nobody could match up the married people to their, their spouses. Well, the interesting part happened later when he took the, the pictures of the people that had married for a long time and gave them to those same people and said, match the people who are married, the people that have been married for 25 to 30 years. That's the pictures they were looking at, right? Well, the volunteers were able, with much greater accuracy, to match the people that were married to each other because they found that the longer that you'd been married, the more you start to look like your spouse. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. You start to look like your spouse. And uh, let me just read this line from the study. He says, uh, he, Dr. Zions proposes that people often unconsciously mimic the facial expressions of their spouses in silent empathy and that over the years, sharing the same expressions shapes the face similarly. Okay, so those of you who are married or who are with your a significant other today, just take a look over Lovingly gaze into their eyes and just embrace the future, man. <laughs> embrace the future because that's where it's all going. Okay? And uh, if you guys talk about this after church, husbands especially, I advise you to uh, proceed with extreme caution. Say kind things. And uh, you've been warned, okay? Uh, we mimic the facial expressions of other people, of the other person that we're with, with our spouse. Similar environments have the same effect on the skin, uh, different things like that. There are different factors. But you start to look like that person that you're with. You start to take on the expressions of the person that you're closest to. And uh, in Exodus 33, verse 11, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And so Moses had a very special relationship with the Lord. And we're going to look at that today. Uh, we're going to look at five lessons very quickly that we can learn from this conversation with the Lord. Number one, continue to learn. In verse 13, uh, Moses said to God, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you. 
Now, this is Moses, okay? This is Moses who had been up on the mountain and who talked to God face to face, who had probably the closest relationship of anybody uh, with God. And yet Moses says to God, teach me your ways. Teach me who you are. Tell me who you are. And that's very significant because Moses didn't feel like he had it figured out. And sometimes we do, you know, we feel like we have it figured out. He still says, teach me your ways. The great theologian Terry Parkman often says, if you're not dead, you're not done. Have you heard him say that before? If you're not dead, you're not done. We need to continue to keep learning about God and learning the ways of the Lord. It's kind of like this. The more you learn about God, the more you realize that you don't know anything. When I was 12 years old, I, I, my mom, she had made me take piano lessons all through, you know, from like 4 to 12. No matter how loudly I protested, I wanted to quit. And piano's stupid. And all my friends make fun of me. That didn't actually happen. But um, I protested. I didn't want to take piano. She made me take piano lessons. And I had to take this. Uh, this my piano teacher was kind of a, uh, she was very old. And, and she would, like, she would whap me with a ruler if my, my posture kind of, you know, I'd play piano and get tired. Okay, here we are, back to play. Well, so that's the kind of piano teacher I had, and she made me take, uh, take part in these piano contests. And one year, actually, I won, uh, which was a surprise to her and to me. <laughs> and uh, and I, at that point, I kind of decided, I won this competition. I know all there is to know about piano at 12 years old, you know. And I expressed my newfound views to my friend who, at church, he was actually in college. And he said, Scott, you just might want to keep studying because you're 12 and you don't know anything. And we kind of, you know, the more that we learn about God, the more that we learn about anything really, the more we realize that we don't have it all figured out. Greater learning should lead us to the place where we realize that we don't know. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depths of riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. And, you know, in marriage, what would it look like if you got married and then after the first week you just said, Hey, I, I think I know everything there is to know about you. I'm not going to continue to learn about you. Well, you probably wouldn't have a very happy marriage, would you? <laughs> when... when uh, when we were, my, Alyssa and I were first dating, she said something uh, one day, and she says it still today. Uh, I forget what exactly we were talking about, but she said, oh, Scott, she was excited about something. I'm, I'm just so jazzed about that. And I, I said, uh, what? You're so, what? Oh, I'm just so jazzed. I'm so excited. Uh, she just left. I'm glad she's not in here to hear my impression of her, but... <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm just so jazzed. And, and you know, I kind of made fun of her. And we've been married for a little, you know, over 10 years now. And just, this is not a lie. Last week I was talking to somebody, I think about the workshop, the worship workshop. And I said, yeah, we're just pretty excited. We're pretty jazzed about it. And I was like, yep, we're jazzed. <laughs> so jazzed. Well, it kind of illustrates the point that the person that you're with, you take on their manner of speaking. You take on their manner of thinking. That study I read at the beginning says you even start to look like them. You start to look like the person that you're closest to. And that has, doesn't that have spiritual implications as well? If you're close to the Lord, if you're reading the word, if you're learning all you can about the Lord, you're going to take on the thoughts of God. You're going to start to speak the truths that the word of God has for you. You're going to start to look like what the, the Bible tells you you can look like. And that's a great illustration, continuing to learn. Number two, God promises his presence and his rest. In verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And it's kind of interesting because Moses says, 
God, show me your ways. Teach me who you are. I don't know what to do with these people. They're your people. What are we going to do next? Where are we going to go? And God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And we have that in the scripture. I kind of imagine Moses coming back and saying, oh, uh, okay, but what am I supposed to do? Teach me your ways. How am I supposed to know what to do? My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Yeah, but that's not what I asked you. <laughs> my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And isn't that like our lives with the Lord? We want to know the next step. We want to know what's next. We want to see what's coming next. Uh, the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, but God reveals them to us one at a time. Isn't that interesting? And we're like Moses. God, just tell me. Would you please just tell me? What and as a staff, we're kind of in that place where, God, we, we need to know what's going to happen next with, our, with our, you know, the pastoral search and all that. We need to see the next steps. You need to tell us what's going on. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Maybe that's you this morning. You're kind of in that place where you're just wondering what's next. The, the Lord would say to you, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And that's a great promise for us. The third thing we can realize from this conversation with God is that Moses wanted more of God. He wanted to know more about God. Uh, so God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said in verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us up from here. God already said that he'd go with Moses, but I see in this verse Moses kind of saying, yeah, but, but if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go up from here. He wanted reassurance from the Lord. And my, my four-year-old, we have this little routine that we go through every single night. I don't know if other parents are like this, but she asks me the same questions every single night. Uh, okay, let me, let me, uh, um, Dad, is the closet door closed? Yes, Mary, the closet door is closed. Dad, is the hall light on? Yes, Mary, the hall light is on. Dad, uh, uh, will you go into your room? Yes, Mary, I'll go into your room. Dad, will you do my things when you need them? Yes, Mary, I'll do your things when you need them. Dad, do you promise and for sure will you do those things? Yes, Mary, I will just go to sleep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, uh, she has these questions. And if we miss one, it's like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Uh, yes, Mira. Will you go into the, your room? Yes, I will go into my room. You know, she has these very specific questions that she asks every single night. And we're kind of like that with the Lord. We just want, I think with Mira, she just wants reassurance. She wants to know that we're there. She wants to know that we're going to help her with whatever she needs. And we're like that with God too. We say, God, will you just, we want to be reassured of your presence. We want to know that you're with us. We want to know that we're, we're taking the next right steps. And you know what, guys? Uh, if you're not hungry for the Lord, there's a chance that you're full of yourself. You say that with a smile. <laughs> If you're not hungry for God, there's a chance that you might be full of yourself. We, uh, a few of the worship, we have a worship leadership team here at Evangel. There's about 10 or 12 of us. And this last Monday, eight of us, we went down to Minneapolis to uh, take part in this worship night. And we just had a great time. Super fun. Such a long drive. And it seems like all we do on this trip, the whole time, we had fun. We talked. But we ate and ate and ate and ate. And then we ate some more and went to Chipotle, 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 how do you, that was my first time there. Apparently that's a burrito place where you eat your body weight in burrito or some, <laughs> I think that was the goal of the Chipotle. Uh, we went to the Noodles and Company, we went, we stayed overnight and we, uh, 
we went to, we got kind of a late start coming home, and we went to, the, to IHOP, the International House of Pancakes. Not prayer, International House of Pancakes. And uh, we were so hungry, and it was kind of a later breakfast, and we all were like, oh, man, I, I want to get one of everything on the menu. I'm so hungry. I'm so starving. And so we all ordered these big breakfasts, and we ate and ate and ate and ate, and the excitement was high at the beginning of the meal when the food came, and we were talking fast, and then middle of the meal, food's kind of being eaten, and we're kind of starting to slow down a little bit, and then the food's gone, and we're, nobody's saying a single word. <laughs> we're just kind of like, oh, okay. And so we waddled out to the van and got in the van, and it was about 11.30, and I said, all right, guys, it's 11.30. Let's start thinking about where we're going to eat lunch. And, you know, kind of, kind of expecting to hear a laugh or two from the back. And I turned around, they're all like, just how dare you say that? How dare you say that word? And, and uh, you know what? The thing about it is, is that we, you know, whether it's a trip like that or Thanksgiving time where you just eat and eat and then somebody mentions food, you're just like, I just don't even talk. I have no desire for that right now. When you're full of yourself and you're full of the things of this world, your desire for the Lord is absent. You don't have a desire to, to, to seek the Lord, to know the Lord, because you're full of your own self. You're full of your own stuff. Maybe if you find yourself in that place today where you're not really hungry for God, maybe it is that you're full of yourself. And um, the Lord is here today to help us to be hungry for him. Okay, the fourth point. God's presence makes us different. Verse 16 says, How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? There's a number of Old Testament examples that tell how God's presence makes us different, but there's a particular verse in Isaiah 43 that says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Verse 5 says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Maybe that's the word of the Lord for you today. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. God's presence in your life sets you apart from others. God's presence in your life makes you different. God's presence in your life gives you peace in the middle of difficult situations. God's presence in your life gives you joy when times are hard. God's presence in your life helps you to love differently from others. God's presence in your life assures you that you are never alone. God's presence in your life helps you to make the right decision. God's presence in your life helps you to overcome temptation. God's presence in your life gives you compassion for others. God's presence in your life gives you patience with your children. And all the parents in the room said, Amen, so be it, Lord Jesus, come quickly. (laughs) God's presence in your life gives you courage to pursue the dreams he has placed in your heart. God's presence in your life assures you of his grace when you blow it. God's presence changes everything. I hope you believe that today. The fifth point that we can learn from Moses' conversation with God is that Moses' hunger was pleasing to the Lord. Verse 17 says, The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Moses was asking for the very presence of God to go with them. You know, God had done all these amazing miracles, but perhaps the greatest miracle of all was that, now remember the background of this story was God was ready to just wipe them out. Like, 
you can have your golden calf, and I'm just going to leave you guys, and I'm going to start over with Moses. And Moses says to God, no, 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 this is your people. You need to, you need to go with us. And God convinces, or excuse me, Moses convinces God to go with them. And that's a great miracle. And in our lives today, we have the very, uh, the, the very great privilege of hosting the presence of God in our own hearts and in our own lives. And that is a great miracle, you guys, to host the very presence of the Lord who helps us to be different, who helps us to overcome our fears. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, is it, impos- it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I'm going to close today. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, the presence of God is what makes us different. And we need to cultivate that hunger for the Lord. We need to cultivate that desire for God. Let's decide today not to take another step until we are assured of God's presence in our lives. And you know what, you guys? You think about God. You think about the greatness of God. You think about how amazing God is. You think about the fact that God, out of his own creative, uh, his own creative self, created the universe, created the stars, created the planets, created everything that we see, created you and me. And the object of the affection of the God of the universe is who you see when you look in the mirror. Isn't that amazing? God's love and affection, everything that he's capable of, is aimed at you and aimed at me. No matter how many times we've messed up, no matter how many times we've blown it, the love and the affection of the God of the universe is pointed at you and me today. Okay? We have a great opportunity to just respond to the presence of the Lord. I want to close with a story. There's a guy that wrote a book uh, about how circus elephants are trained. And uh, I want to read just a, a brief passage from this book. When young, the circus elephants are attacked, uh, excuse me, attached by a heavy chain to a large stake driven, driven deep into the ground. They pull and yank and strain and struggle, but the chain is too strong. The stake is too rooted. One day, they give up, having learned that they cannot pull free, and from that day forward, they can be chained with a small rope. When this enormous animal feels any resistance, though it has the strength to pull the whole circus tent over, it stops trying. It believes it cannot, and therefore, it cannot. So this morning, I don't know what stakes have been driven into the ground of your life. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us, is inside of us and lives in us. But for some of us in this room today, we believe that we can't because of that stake that's been driven in the ground in our lives. I want to tell you today that the power of the Holy Spirit is here and the presence of the Holy Spirit is here to uproot those things in our lives. Even now as we respond to this message, we're going to sing a song together. Uh, There's going to be uh, our friends who pray on the sides. You have the opportunity to commit to the Lord to see those stakes pulled up in your lives. See the presence of God change you and mold you and make you. So would you just stand all across this place with me? You know, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, it says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
So what's the key to God's presence? It's to seek him with all of your heart. We hear a lot about Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. This is graduation time. We've all heard that verse. But just a couple of verses later is the key to the presence of God in our lives. You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So today as we close, I ask the band to sing this song that we sang during the worship time. And I want you guys to just sing it. I want you to close your eyes if you need to. Just lift your hands if you need to. If you need prayer, there's people available to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. And let's commit our paths, commit our ways to the Lord and seeing the presence of God in our lives. For more information about Evangel Assembly of God, visit us on the web at www.goevangel.org.